Welcome to PatientX Pulse, where we're making the heartbeat of healthcare marketing stronger, one episode at a time. Join us on this journey as we pulse through the veins of healthcare marketing, delivering insights, strategies, and results that matter for patient experience. Hello and welcome to the PatientX Pulse. Today we're going to be talking about the six pillars of healthcare and we're also going to be giving you guys a little insight into who PatientX since this is our first podcast. I am Michael Winkleman, I'm the CEO of PatientX and along with me today I have Kimberly Winkleman, the CEO of PatientX. So uh, Kimberly, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and then we'll jump into PatientX. Hey, I'm just happy to be here. This is going to be a lot of fun. We have a lot of great things to talk about. I've been with uh, PatientX for 11 years now, so um, I'm just really excited. 16 years, I think we can say today. Yeah, first podcast on the anniversary date. Absolutely. It's exciting. So So it's a new day, new time, and we have a lot of great stuff to share with everyone. So I'm just super excited. Yeah, and again, this is our first podcast today. Um, There's going to be a lot more information coming to you, um, just to kind of give you a little insight. We've got... The next one coming up is going to be on social media. We have AI. That's going to be a four-part series. We have branding, and we'll be talking about culture, and it just keeps going on and on from there. But we're going to have a fantastic lineup. So today, focus is on pillars. So we have the six pillars. And the reason I asked Kimberly to be on today is you're in charge of the strategy now here at PatientX and for our clients. And these six pillars are really important to us executing those strategies. So... First off, let's talk about brand health. What can you tell us a little bit about that? So I I saw a survey not that long ago. It it was released by Luminous. It said 90% of hospitals and providers believe that patient experience is the single most effective means of differentiating themselves from the competition. So we already know patient experience is important to providers and facilities, but what is it really? Some people say, patient satisfaction, some people say patient experience, but those are actually two very different things. So I really quickly want to just define what we believe patient experience is. And I found a really great definition that kind of sums it up perfect and it goes right along with our pillars and kind of feeds that message as well. So the Barrel Institute, their definition for patient experience is the sum of all interactions shaped by an organization's culture that influence patient perceptions across the entire continuum of care. So that's already setting the stage for the very first pillar that you just brought up. Now patient satisfaction on the other hand really comes down to patient perceptions. Every patient can enter that facility, you might have two patients the exact same healthcare journey and they had two different expectations about what was supposed to happen in that journey, and then they have two different ideas of being satisfied. One may be very, one may be very not, because their expectations were different. So as we dive into these pillars, I wanna make sure we understand that patient satisfaction is not the same as patient experience, and that patient experience is a lot of things, every interaction, And the very first pillar you just mentioned, Michael, brand health, sets the stage for everything that a healthcare facility is. So that comes down to, a lot of people hear brand, they think, oh, logo. Um, They think about what people see, the logo, the look, the colors, etc. 
Um, but brand is so much more than that. And I know we're going to do a whole session on brand, but I think when we stop and think about brand, we need to say it is what people feel when they walk away from interacting with some form of your brand. And the most important thing would be consistency, right? Well, consistency, but it's it's also thinking about like it's the visual and you know the contextual. Yep. There's so much more than just yep. you know, a lot of people think their brand is just a logo or it's not. a logo right. mark. It's it's everything visual everything that um, satisfies the senses, but it has to satisfy the senses in the same way over and over and over. Yes, so whether they see it on your website, whether they see it on a billboard, whether they see it on a brochure, whether it's um, what's placed in front of them when they're referred to your facility from another facility, uh, if it's the content, the messaging, uh, that's all brand. And all of those things cause them to have a feeling about your facility. And it may be a good one, it may be a bad one, or it may just be neutral at that right. point. But the goal is good, right? Right. And, <laughs> I mean, if, if you think about the uh, surveys that we did, and I mean, Becky, when we get her on here and talk a little bit more in depth about brand, I mean, she'll educate educate you on everything. I mean, the importance of brand color, and, you know, um, shapes and everything like that. I mean, she'll really get into some detail. But the one thing I think about, like when I think about brand health um, as well, is that that's people's usually their first impression of you. You know, it's it goes back to like even like when we talk about, you know, dress for success or something like that. The brand is really that first first impression and whatever quality that you have for your brand and consistency in your brand is basically the way people are gonna look at you. Um, and that's gonna be their first opinion. Um, if you have a dirty facility you have a facility that they're not even sure what the name of it is because you may have six different organizations that came together but you don't have a unified brand. They're going to be confused and they're going to be like, well, if they can't even organize their own you know, facility, how are they going to take care yeah. of me and what do their processes look like? You know, How is this really going to be more efficient, more cost effective and successful, right? Yep. Um, I mean, they're, all, they're worried about the outcome. Yep. You know? um, so, you know, that's the importance of the brand in healthcare. Yes. And I mean, healthcare, their goal is to provide the best care. So that quality, that feeling of quality needs to be represented in every single touch point that a patient might have with your facility before they're a patient, after they're a patient. Right. So consistency across the board, right. every interaction, every touch. I think that's the, the reason that this was really important to us is that we did this with our own survey and reached out to multiple patients and everything and got their feedback. This wasn't part of a patient satisfaction survey, so they were very honest with the way what their thoughts were. So I mean, I think that we really got some good data there, and that was something that was really important to them. But then the second thing which is where they actually start doing their research, is it's online. Um, so let's move into the pillar number two. We have the website health. I have a really <laughs> great stat that I so. want to share, and this kind of leans into our next one, but it's still very, very important. And it's about 90% of patients search online and look at the reviews of providers. Now, 
this is health grades who yep. released that information. But when you know that for sure 90% of your patients, and mind you, these are not just the young patients. These are the patients that are 70s, 80s, also searching online and looking for help, looking for information. And you want them to find your website. And you want that website to match your brand, that quality brand. You want it to look good. You want it to feel good as they navigate through it. You want a great user experience, imagery, content, speed, all of those things matter at the end of the day. And if you don't have a quality website design and programming, they're not gonna find you or they're going to have a bad experience when they do. And that is a very important part of that patient experience. Well, I think that's the thing too, is when you're looking at, you want them to have a great experience, but how are they gonna have that experience? They gotta find you first. I mean, that's the whole SEO side of thing. And that like now, you know, we've moved into a new era where Google made another new change and they have, they have GA4 now, right? Yeah. Which is a whole nother ball of wax. I mean, now you'll hear people continually talk about keywords and everything and the importance of keywords and, and all of this, but do you know if it's really important in GA4? That's, that's the thing you have to ask yourself because, and if people are just talking about that, they're not educated on GA4 and you're already behind this behind the times because you have someone that's not keeping up with technology and where it's going and everything. I mean, now it's all about yeah. the user experience and, yeah. you know, people actually engaging with your content and finding it valuable in the length of time. And there's a lot more to it than just keywords as, you know, like where they used to say content is king. It still is, but it's a different, it's a different style of content that we now have to, you know, use in order to, improve that search engine. And you just uh, made a really great point about GA4. Um, you can have a really great website, but if you don't know how to look at the data of that website to draw conclusions, to test, to make revisions to your design, to your experience, you're, you're way behind, you're way behind. So it isn't just look and feel, user experience, those things are important, content's important, but also knowing what to do with the data on the back end of your website is just as important, so. Sometimes that can be your most valuable information too, you know, and there's ways, if you think about like HIPAA and everything and like collecting information, there are ways to do that that are not within, you know, they, that are legal and within compliance, yep. uh, you know? So, I mean, there's definitely ways to do that, but you have to make sure that you know what you're doing in order to do it properly. I mean, ADA, right? I mean, that's something else that we talked about. I mean, there's so many sites out there that can't even be read by these services that provide people with, you know, um, like taking content and turning it to voice or turning videos into text. I mean, right. there's just, the people aren't thinking about that kind of stuff, especially in healthcare. Being ADA compliant on your website is super important. I mean, that should be a priority because Absolutely. you're there to serve the patient. I think so, we will be doing a whole we'll podcast, be doing a whole podcast just on, on ADA wanted, compliance. Just want to say that because webs, you know, websites are so important. But I mean, if you start thinking about then pillar three, online reputation, which can be used on your website. 
But then the importance of that is too is that also can aid you in search, but it also gives you these tools to be able to share and distribute actual patient experiences from their voice on your social media, on your website. Maybe you take those and use them in emails. I mean, yes. on your literature. I mean, it's so valuable to have these these um, comments from patients online mm-hmm. when they're good. But how about when they're bad, right? Right, so, that does happen and it will happen. Right, so you know, that's one of the things that we measure. We look at, you know, like what's the actual value of what these reviews are and look at strategies, like if there are negative comments, how to get them down so the positive ones come up. But more importantly, we also have strategies of trying to be the, um, the reviewer mm-hmm. before, so like when these patients do go in, they have a positive review, it automatically prompts them to go and, you know, post it online. Right. So that helps really improve those positive reviews so you don't have as many of those negative ones. But then the other thing with the online reputation, sorry, stealing this this one from you, but, but also like with the online reputation is like, People are a little sneaky. They don't always just use your facility name. They may hashtag you. They may do an at, you know, at ABC Health or something like that. Well, you know, there are tools out there and a lot of the data um, integrations that we have, they'll pull that information and you're able to see everywhere that you're listed. So, like, maybe there was, like, some random news story or something that's out there about you and you're not aware of it. you can identify it and address it, whether it's positive or negative, because yep. you always want to respond. Um, but you know that's that's the importance of definitely tracking your online reputation too. Absolutely. So, so that third pillar, online reputation. I mentioned that stat earlier from Health Grades that ninety percent of patients are looking at reviews online. So imagine 90% of your patients are looking at what people said about your facility and your physicians. And I know I have another step here that kind of leans into that, but it says um, 77% of patients use online reviews as their first step to finding a new doctor. So if you are not actively managing what's being said about you online, I mean, you can't you can't get rid of a negative review. It's there. But what are you doing to address it? What are you doing to make it right? Are you even aware that it exists? Are you even actively trying to get your happy patients to leave reviews? So a strategy is vital, and that's why we made it the third pillar of the patient experience because Patients are looking more and more and more. Healthcare is like a commodity more now than it ever has been. Absolutely. So it's it, well, it is important. And the thing with COVID and everything that it really set, it really changed the whole healthcare landscape because for the first time, I think I can say this that more patients know that they have a choice mm-hmm. than ever before. Yeah. You know, because I can't tell you how many people I've talked to during interviews and stuff like that where they're like. You know, I was referred to this specialist, but I did my research online and decided I was not going there. Right. And they would travel 150 miles away to another doctor that had better reviews. Exactly. Then use their local 
specialist mm -hmm. because of the poor reviews. So, I mean, that's the importance of that online reputation and, you know, just websites in general and promoting your own docs because that's where people are going that's and right. they're making decisions. You might think you made that decision by giving that referral. They're making the final decision. Right. And it's based on online reputation. Absolutely. So. 100%. All right. We'll talk more about that. Yeah, we'll get more into that. Today's just to give them a little idea of who we are, so. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's talk about culture. Culture is important here in our office. Um, we know it's important because really, culture really shapes the, in my mind, that's really the foundation of patient experience. Yeah. Because these are the people that are really representing who you are and are the ones that are gonna be ingrained in these patients' memories after they're done. So let's get a little bit deeper into like the importance of culture. Um, and again, this is going to be another podcast that we're going to have coming up. Um, and I, I think we're going to have a really good guest on for that one. Um, so give us a little bit more of an explanation of some of the things that we're looking for when it comes to cultural health. So again, I refer back to that definition of patient experience that I gave earlier where it even referenced that cultural, that that the influence that that facility's culture has on a patient experience. And I would argue that while culture is the attitudes, the respect, the um, protocols and processes and the attitudes toward those within a facility, I mean, that's culture, right? It's not just we had parties, we did these fun things. Like people like to think that's culture, but that is not culture. It, it, it's so much more than that. It's it's, a, it's, it, it helps set a tone. It's, it's more right. like a, a reward. It's like a tactic to yeah. help influence the culture within, but it is not the only tactic. So yeah, I mean, culture is really what leadership. It is, it starts <laughs> from the top down. Right. And I think that, you know, Generally, happy employees are going to work harder, they're going to smile more, they're going to, what? I mean, let's say it is your marketer for your facility. You may, let's maybe have a whole marketing department. They don't necessarily work directly with patients, but they still influence the culture within your facility. They influence the message that goes out about your facility every single day. It matters on all fronts, every department, they all influence the patient experience, whether it's what people see on the brand side or the website side or the interaction that they have with the person at the front desk or in the doctor's office or with billing when it's all over with. Right. So culture matters, happy employees matter, but it's more than just throwing an event or having a fun thing over here. There's a lot more that we're gonna to wanna to dive into about that. Exactly, and I, I just hope that any leaders that are listening, I mean, I think that's really what's gonna set you apart is you really have to think about what people see is what they do. So if you show up late, they're gonna be showing up late. If you are putting down your competitors, they're probably putting down your competitors but they're also not thinking as highly of you because then you're looking negative, right? right. So then there's more of like you're building this negative culture just by your comments about a competitor. Strong leaders, strong cultures talk positive about their cultures. Not saying that they don't want to beat them, but they don't put them down. 
They don't say that there's no value in them. They show what their value is and how they're going to be better than them. And that's a strong leader. And that's what culture truly is. And like you said, we'll get more into that. But I just want to make sure that, you know, there's that little takeaway there. And that's kind of what we're going to talk about more. Absolutely. All right. Pillar number five, you mentioned at the beginning, there's a difference between patient experience and patient satisfaction. And when we talk about all of our six pillars, that's about patient experience, but an important piece of that patient experience is what patients are saying yes. and patient satisfaction. Again, it goes to that whole listening. What are people actually saying? And then are you doing something about it? Yes, strategy so. around the actual results. So. Most facilities are required to t provide some type of survey to their patients or certain types of patients. So you get that information, that's great, but what do you do with that information? Um, so I think that's the most critical piece here. Every facility is familiar with patient satisfaction and patient satisfaction scores of some sort, um, which as I set the stage for, it's all patient perception, right? So some of it may mean something, some of it may not, but at the end of the day, you're always going to be dealing with people. You're always dealing with people's expectations, their wants, their needs. You're probably seeing them when they're in a difficult time in their life, so there's a lot of factors. But at the end of the day, it comes down to developing a strategy to review the results, and make determinations about what is actionable and what will make a better overall patient experience for those that we serve. Satisfaction can, lead, can mean a bunch of different things too for you financially. So number one, we're talking about how it affects the patient experience, but you know, think about quality reporting and like, you know, oh. the different qualifications that you need, you know, to get reimbursements from CMS, uh, yeah. you know, from Medicare, and things like that. So, I mean, those are important things to be looking at um, on a regular basis. And yeah. one of the things I think a lot of uh, leaders that I've been talking to do, and I, I, I saw a really big shift, when they started actually talking to their team about it and getting people's insights. And I'm not talking about just your executive team. I'm talking about like bringing in your nurses and your assistants and People that are on the floor every day yes. that can be your ears and yeah. can really deliver like what they're seeing may actually be wrong because you you may have this idea of you know from experience of what you think it might be but you could totally be missing what the actual problem is um, unless you're listening to you know um, your team and that really builds that culture up too I mean see so yeah. see like how all these kind of go in, you know intertwingle. 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 Yes, they do. They intertwingle. <laughs> intertwingle, that's going to be our new uh, slogan. Yes, Twingle. but you're right. They do all of these play off of each other right. 100%. And uh, patient satisfaction, obviously everyone wants good patient satisfaction scores, but right. you need to have strategy in order to really make improvements when they maybe aren't where you want them to be. Yeah. And then, okay, so let's... We'll move into number six. So this is part of one of the things that we focus on. It's not necessarily in our patient X score, um, but it is a big part of something that we look at depending on um, who our client is. And you know, like especially if we have a client that's you know focused on a certain specialty or something like this, the referral network. The referral network is really important for 
you know, um, these you know primary care physicians actually pushing referrals to these specialties. So let's get a little bit more into that. Um, again, not not one of our not one of the things that we score on, but yep. it's so important though when we are working um, with our clients. Yes, yeah, so we'll tell you more about that. the patient X score that he's referring to. Um, it's just on the top of my list. But um, <laughs> this was that final pillar that got added later because we got to thinking about things and talking to our clients, talking to different facility leaders, board members. Um, the referral network is key to just about every facility. And a, the part of your patient's experience can be highly influenced by a completely different physician or a completely different facility. So what that referral network looks like, how it operates, what, how smooth it is, how seamless it is, that's really important to the patient experience. And I think a lot of facilities, they count on it. A lot of physicians count on it, but don't necessarily develop a very clear strategy around it. And really keeping those relationships strong, particularly with the nurses that need to be the ones usually giving the referrals, the front desk people, some of the back end people. The nurses are your influencers, right? They are. <laughs> they absolutely are. And the more we, more time we spent talking to our partners about this, the more we knew this needed to be a pillar because we don't measure it, we don't score it when in our patient X score that you'll learn more about, but it is still critical because some facilities rely 100% on referrals to get their business. Now other facilities don't, but it's still a core part of practice, even within large systems where you know, a general practice physician has a patient who needs additional care from uh, dermatology, and so there's a referral that goes to dermatology. What does that process look like? Does it take eight weeks to get an actual appointment? You know, some of these things can't be fixed easily and quickly, but it affects the patient experience. And so in those eight weeks, they might be saying, well, this is taking too long. I'm going to go to this other facility over here that I don't need a referral to see. You know what I mean? So that's where that referral network is critical and why it's so important to, we believe, the patient experience and healthcare marketing in general. Yeah, I mean, because the ultimate goal in healthcare marketing is to drive patient acquisition and improve the experience, right? Yep. So, I mean, when you start thinking about the whole referral network, when when it's our job to create brand awareness or create lead generation to get these patients in the door, sometimes that referral network is a big piece or the majority of that piece. And until I started really working with surgeons, I didn't realize how many hats that they wore. Yes. But that surgeon is not just performing surgeries, they're also you know, seeing patients um, post and you know, pre-op, post-op, but then they're also salesmen. They have to be salesmen sure in order to get their colleagues to, you know, respect them enough to refer them. Yes. Um, so, I mean, that's that's the crazy thing that, you know, with the referral network and why we see it so important is because that's really, at the end of the day, 
can be the major driver of people's patient acquisition. Yep. So, um, so yeah, I just, you know, really feel like that's something that we can dive into more again yep. um, as we break this out. But um, any other comments or anything like that that people need to be aware of when it comes to patient experience or things you want them to take away about who patient X is? I would say that at the end of the day, it's about your strategy. And I think that most of our partners pre-partnership or during partnership, there's something that's really important to them. Maybe it's just, I need a new website, or maybe it's my reviews online aren't very good and I need them to be better. What do I do? Or we have an outdated brand and we need to fix it, right? So there's usually one specific problem that our partners come to us with. But we truly believe these six pillars are important and we do try to set the stage for every partner we work with to focus on, to be educated in, and um, if we are given the privilege to, to create strategies and implement those strategies, then we will do it. We will do everything we can because at the end of the day, patient experience matters to us. It matters to our team. And we know that we have an indirect way to help influence that patient experience because at the end of the day, we are all patients at some time in our life. Absolutely. And that, it's you, it's me, it's our loved ones. We are all going to be sitting in that, that boat at some point, and the better that experience is for people now, you know, it, it means that uh, we get better health care at the end. So. Absolutely. All right, well, thanks for joining me today. Yeah. Thank you, too. Um, so we have additional episodes coming up. As I mentioned, the next one's going to be about social media. We appreciate your time today, at least listening to this podcast, as we gave you an intro to who PatientX is, how we um, look at healthcare marketing from our you know standpoint of our six pillars. As we move forward, it's going to be strategic. It's going to be informative. We're going to really get deep into the weeds with certain strategies for you um, to help make your marketing better. Um, so if you liked what you saw today, make sure you um, like the button down there. Stay off of the no like, like, like. Um, if you have any comments or suggestions of topics that you want us to talk about, um, leave them right there in the comments section. Um, and make sure to follow us at hashtag Patient X Pulse. Until next time. That's good. Thank you. Thank you.